So, in a, uh, you killed it first. Sheldon and I are in a fight. I'm so mad with you right now, Sheldon. But we okay. should explain why, because we're going to hash it out for our listeners. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are listening and not watching, mm-hmm. Sheldon is wearing a hoodie that says Scarborough Tings, uh, which I love. And it's in the style of Stranger Things. You know, it's got the like red letters, the S on Scarborough is big, the H at the end of Scarborough is big. It looks great. I love it. But then I asked Sheldon if he's a fan of Stranger Things. Sheldon, tell the people about your deficiency. Nope, never seen an episode. Oh my God. (laughs) What? It's so good. And like, you're always out here stomping for Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And Stranger Things is so much better than Game of Thrones. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've heard a lot of takes, but I haven't heard anybody say that before. So, like, I will say, like, the big strike against Game of Thrones is that the last season is bad. Okay. And we haven't seen the last season of Stranger Things. It's not out yet, so we don't know. But I'll tell you, the second last season, the penultimate season of Stranger Things, just wrapped, and it was super good. Maybe the best season of Stranger Things. So they're, like, they're on the upswing can't say that that is the same for game of thrones and also it's a smaller time commitment fair and it has 1980s music and fashion in it i mean that's a good selling point i mean i'm not i'm not going to be mad at your your sell right now um really it just comes down to like i don't even know i mean i kind of know what it's about but that's not really something that's gonna like get me into it but i will say the one thing you have to remember, and this is from Bill Simmons, but it's pretty accurate. I'm out on things that involve three things, magic, the forest and vampires. I'm out. So if there's any the look on your face right now is incredible. But you like Game of Thrones. I know, but Game of Thrones just became such a phenomenon that I had to be like, okay, let me give this a try. And I think it was either like I was on something, like maybe I was sick. Something happened in the middle of the Game of Thrones run, like maybe, you know, like in between seasons. And I think I was sick because I was home for like two or three days in a row. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. And very early on, I was like, okay, I get it. Like I understand why people are in. And then normally once I'm in on something, I'm in. Uh, Mind you, one of my other friends is chirping me constantly because I haven't watched Breaking Bad. So there's a lot of things, you know, I have issues. I have issues. You just said that Stranger Things is not the cultural phenomenon that Game of Thrones was as you're wearing a Stranger Things themed hoodie. This is true. This is true. But if they made like a, a Winterfell Tings <laughs> or a We the Scarborough or wait a second, We the North, right? Like the whole Raptors thing is from Game of Thrones. And I have a bunch of We the North Raptors things. So, yeah. But there the Toronto go. Raptors had a Stranger Things themed opening for like the entire 2019 season. Oh, I didn't even know that. 
yeah they used like the theme song and they had like the the like same lettering and like everything so i probably saw it but didn't like know what it was just didn't register that it was i'm not that cool i'm not that cool i honestly sheldon i will i will sit and rewatch stranger things with you from day one i'll make this commitment my girlfriend has offered to do the same because I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Uh, she watches it and she's she said the same thing. I'm so mad at you right now. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. And I apologize to our listeners as well. I'm sorry. But hey, if you do want to see the hoodie that John's talking about. It is a thick hoodie. <laughs> you can uh, go to, hey, it's a great plug to the podcast like and subscribe wherever you get this you killed it podcast you want to see the videos you want to see what our hoodies are like you want to see what's going on you can go to uh youtube search you killed it podcast or my name's sheldon alexander that's how you get the youtube videos all that fun stuff we should also explain what scarborough is (laughs) oh yeah that is true (laughs) scarborough is a uh I wouldn't say it's a neighborhood. It's a former city, it's a former borough that is part of the city of Toronto now. It is Toronto's well, east side. The way that you might be able to get our American friends, Drake obviously popularized calling Toronto the six. The six references the six boroughs that used to make up that form to become, form like Voltron, to become the mega city that we know now as Toronto. One of those boroughs is Scarborough. Mm-hmm. You, hear, you, you might go. hear a lot of references in Drizzy songs about Scarborough and way past. He's got real ones living past Kennedy Road and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But if you do see the hoodie and you want to get the hoodie, I got to shout out our guy who's a former Northern secondary grad as well. Shouts to Pat. Um, but if you go to the Twitter or sorry, the Instagram page, the underscore legendary status. Just in case there's someone else from Scarborough that happens to be listening to the pod, interested in getting a hoodie. Hey, we're all here. We're all here to help. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, it's a sick hoodie. I don't, I'm not from Scarborough, so I don't think I can wear something. And I also, I have to tell you, I don't feel great saying the word tings. Doesn't <laughs> like, I almost I like, just spit up coffee right now. I can't lie. <laughs> like it just doesn't. <laughs> that's fair it that's feels fair. like cultural appropriation when i say it. <laughs> listen i i will say this john one of the reasons why we are really good friends is because there's a level of self-awareness that i feel like we both have at times you know and that's a great quality that i feel like we have that i feel like a lot of people in our society could use from time yeah. to time so i understand i understand I- I just feel like when I say tings, there's somehow a hard R when I say it. it just doesn't <laughs> Jeez. Feel right. Jeez. I'm just going to let that one go. And uh, yeah, yes. the challenge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what this podcast is about. And uh, you should say episode three begins with the algorithm, which is a real challenge for people who have to take notes for this show, which is uh, a limited audience, but true. I have a question for you, though. Do you want to read comments? Yeah, that's a great idea. We have a lot of comments. I think we should read some comments. Why not? Okay. 
Because I think like, you know, we want to encourage people to write in wherever they happen to be watching the pod. Or also, you know, you follow us on Twitter or on Instagram. You send us messages. We want to hear from you. So why not read those comments? And we better do it at the beginning because if we don't, if we do it at the end, we might forget. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I can't lie to you, though. My mentions are a little messed up on Twitter because of talking about Kevin Durant trades and a lot of Raptors fans arguing with me about that. But um, I know that we had a bunch of comments that were on our, on the YouTube videos, actually. So I can oh. start there. Or do you want to start? Um, I have, I've scrolled down. I've got some uh, interesting comments as well. Let's start with Eric. Okay. Who says that um, I agree they should have named the challenge USA something else and made it its own show. Mm-hmm. But with the similarities of the competitions and eliminations, people would also have complained and said it's too much like the challenge, which is, I think, a fair point. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, I got one here from Erica who says, uh, sad to hear, this is going back a couple of weeks, but she says, sad to hear about the technical issues, the outages that we had to suffer with in Canada. I was hoping you guys would recap the last All-Star season because it was so good, but I'm glad you guys are back now. Uh, your description of Shan is hilarious because she orchestrated several blindsides on her Survivor season with a smile. I wonder if she will get that manipulative manipulative on this season. Um, sorry. And one other thing, daily challenge winners frequently get taken out early in Survivor. Typically, the cast will wait until the merge. Then they will get them out at that point because it's no longer a team game. I think Tyson will definitely run into some issues on the show. He's showing off too much. So, I'll start here and we won't really get into like what happens in this episode so far, but I will say that Shan and Tyson, two people, I believe doing too much, but also giving us something to talk about on these early episodes. So I'm not too mad about that either. On the note of Tyson, Mm -hmm. uh, we got a lot of Tyson defenders. Oh yeah. And uh, Ms. K loves math on Twitter says, uh, referring to uh, Tiffany being put up and how everyone in Big Brother was like, yep, get rid of Tiffany, no problem. Uh, Ms. K. Love math, loves Math, excuse me, says mm-hmm. Tiff as a shield would be good strategy later, but in my opinion, Tyson's goal was to cut Big Brother numbers to have survivor numbers advantage long-term and have less blood on his hands um, as an individual so he is less likely a target. I agree with what Ms. Caleb's math is saying but at the same time this is the same guy that's trying to show people that he's not breathing hard when he's running yeah and this is the same guy that's like I want to win every week so like I agree with Ms. K that in like it comes to when he's picking who to put up he's thinking Mm -hmm. in terms of like numbers But at the same time, he's also sort of like inviting people to come at him, right? Like, as we said last week, you know, in my mind, you just to like make the final, you just have to win a daily. He's won a daily. If I were him, I'd just be like, yeah, I'm just going to cruise from here on out. Like, uh, but that's not what he's doing. And I mean, we're going to get into it this week. 
I don't think the Survivor um, Alliance and the Big Brother Alliance, I don't think they're going to survive. Of course not. I mean, these are people who, you know, we have already heard and our guy LT sent me a personal text message actually to describe what happened. From to, work? <laughs> yes, someone from work sent me a text message saying uh Tiffany was definitely cuz here's part of the reason too I want to read the comments is because we we've said on the pod that we're not familiar with Big Brother so much or the survivor and all that so people letting us know a bit of the background of these players will help us in doing the pod but we know we don't really do this as us doing the pod we do this as like a big extension of a conversation that we are having with a bunch of people who like the challenge so i'm sure there's a bunch of people who might not be familiar with a bunch of these contestants so here we go because lt wrote in to talk about what happened with Tiff because we were saying, oh, the cookout flipped on her quickly. So he says she was definitely the shakiest. She was definitely the member of the cookout on the shakiest ground. Uh, Not to go on for too long, but basically, even though she was a big driving force for the cookout, she also caused the most waves, especially when it came time to let her side person go. She was definitely someone I could get caught up in too much, quote, masterminding, but didn't see something like this coming so soon. But that's probably why the rest of the, rest of the big brother didn't mind losing her because she, because down the road, she would be a headache. Uh, she was also the first or second cookout member eliminated. Uh, yeah. So that's a little background there on, you know, Tiffany, because I was curious about that, right? Like, obviously they went to them and they're kind of like, yeah, so what do you guys think about getting rid of Tiffany? Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. I'm also, I'm interested in, and again, we're going to get into it as we recap tonight's episode, episode three, but it's clear that the survivor people and the big brother people and the amazing race people are all playing different strategies. And Mm. the big brother strategy is not necessarily to maintain the numbers. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of different ways to go about this, right? And I know James is going to be a part of this, like, upcoming conversation. And and we had uh, Nisha wrote in and, and told us that, you know, because I was crushing James for his performance in last week's episode. Uh, but she says that James pulled a muscle when he hit the water. That's why he cried. He had initially gotten a couple tiles, but went back into the water. Kayla couldn't leave the water because she couldn't get on the buoy. Uh and I think everyone had to get some letters before leaving the water for the first time. Uh. Um, uh, Kira also said that she was gathering all the boys, meaning the Love Island boys. Apparently the girls already knew the boys didn't have any loyalty to them. So the fact that Cash was Tiffany's, Cash all was Tiffany's partner and he was flirting and she was flirting with Cinco meant that the Love Island girls were losing the Love Island boys to Tiffany and the big brother group. So you had multiple people unhappy with Tiffany and that's why she was gone. And supposedly she was also injured. I don't know how Nisha has all this Nisha with a T has all this information, but she says Tiffany was also injured. And it's one of the reasons why she was an easy target this week. There's a reason why Cinco was carrying her to bed. Oh, I thought he was just trying to romance her a little bit. I mean, we all did, right? Yeah, I mean, it does, I mean, in fairness to us, that's how it's portrayed. Like that was for the sure. context in which it was uh, 
given to us. Um, Heather mm -hmm. says um, that she's glad that we're back. She enjoyed listening to episode one of our podcast. Okay. Um, she says she's a huge Survivor fan. Tyson was a professional cyclist in a Division One college swimmer. Also a master strategist. Don't sleep on him. I won't. I feel like he's a big part of this episode as well. Even though, like, yeah. even when he's not winning, he's still lurking. Yeah, he's definitely, like, making an impact. Mm -hmm. uh, Long-time listener, friend of the show, Sarah Casellas, says, to answer our questions about uh, who, like, people know, she says that uh, she knows, she's seen all of Survivor, a lot of Big Brother, some amazing race and no love island so she knows of everyone except for the uh love island cast and kayla uh from amazing race i get i gather she missed that season so she doesn't I wanna, even know where to begin with ins insights <laughs> which is fair so i want to i want to get to this episode and ask you something about just the show strategies here because you kind of okay. touched on it in terms of like what the survivor people and the big brother people because they have the biggest groups what their strategy should be. But what if we take it to like the Love Island people and then the amazing racers who become a focal point in this episode? Because what do you think their strategy should be? Because there's a bad stigma already on the Love Island girls and like Dom, right? Like the, the randomness of the partners, there's still way too many people for me to try to claim to know who all the partners were. Do you know what I mean? There's still way too many yeah. people. So I didn't even attempt to write all that down. I wrote down who's the most important. And Dom, I thought was important that he kept getting paired with the Love Island girls. I thought that's pretty funny. But then I stopped to think about how he was like, kind of like dissing them. You know, like, oh, I keep getting partnered with these girls. Meanwhile, it's like, who are you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, who I'll are you? you. I mean, we're going we're gonna to get into it for sure, but I was not impressed with Dominic at all this episode. Not at all. Uh, early contender for LVP of the episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But what I think, to get to your question, what the Amazing Race people should do, I don't think they've played their cards right at all this season. No. And we saw in the first episode, and I think I commented on the first episode, they're like, there's only three of us, which is a position of power. I was like, not really, like not so fast there, guys. What If I were them, what I would be doing is I would have gone to like watch closely, figured out who the leaders of uh, the survivor group is and the big brother group is and the Love Island group. And so like Tyson... Angela and I don't know who the leader of Love Island would be and basically say listen like you guys like Survivor you're worried about numbers Big Brother you're worried about numbers well guess what three people riding with you tips the scales in terms of numbers mm -hmm. so what do you have to offer us yep that's I think that's their only play which they basically haven't done <laughs> yeah there's this is a I'm kind of trying to get used to this episode as well. Like the way that this structure is, because it's an hour long and yeah, you got to fit is. in a daily challenge and an elimination all in an hour, as well as whatever house drama or politic it might be going on. Right. There's also the nominations and all that fun stuff. So there's a lot going on to fit okay. in, in an hour. 
they also something that i think we have to point out and like maybe you can speak more to this about this maybe not i don't know i don't want to put you on the spot <laughs> but there's way more commercials in this in the cbs hour than there is even maybe in an mtv 90 minutes like oftentimes in the 90 minute mtv version there was no or little ads in the final 30 minutes or the first 30 minutes like they would run ad free um and even then there was fewer ads and also there was like the same ad over and over again whereas on cbs there was tons of ads mm-hmm. and like more of a, a variety is that and again i I'm apologize if i'm putting you on the spot but is that because as a cable channel mtv is getting revenue from cable subscriptions whereas cbs as a network that broadcasts in theory by antenna as well yeah that doesn't that, have that source yeah that's partly the reason right but all, also too it's just a sheer numbers game right so because cbs will be able to say we get so many more viewers than mtv there's going to be more demand for commercial time mm. so that's really all it is right like there's just more of a demand for commercial time because more people have access to CBS than they do MTV. So, you know, the ratings, and that's why basically they built the show. Like as much as we're complaining that there's no MTV people on the show, the MTV people don't really matter to the CBS people who are trying to just sell this to advertisers. That's why on the poster, it's like, okay, well, here's a host, but here's survivor person, survivor person, big brother person, big brother person because those shows do way more ratings than the challenge do, but taking the challenge name and adding that all together, it's like bringing in different slices of the pie all into one. Right. So on CBS, there's just going to be way more commercials because, you know, CBS is still cooking as America's number one network. I'm pretty sure. Um, And, you know, so there's a lot of people that want to sell ads for all of their programming. So basically that's why there's so many commercials because they're going to try to squeeze in as many commercials as possible, especially having big brother as the lead in like, that's the genius of it, right? Like you have one of your top rated summer shows leading right into it. So advertisers, Hey, if I can't get in enough ad space on big brother, give me the challenge. Yeah. I still wonder about the wisdom of having a running big brother and then the challenge back to back every week because like i actually like enjoy big brother but i'm not watching it this summer because i know that i run into the same problem every summer which is watching three hours like three hour like one hour episodes of big brother every week and sometimes there's longer ones and sometimes there's like surprise specials that's a lot Mm -hmm. like that is a big ask and then to pile on like here's an additional hour of a somewhat similar show with returning cast members like if you're a big brother fan that only watches big brother and you're trying to get into the challenge usa Mm -hmm. you're asking your viewer to watch four hours of your main product we're getting deep into the weeds here. So I, yeah. I know, I hope, I mean, people say they love our pod because we do get deep into the weeds on some of this stuff. But the the funny part is, John, you're a lot younger than you think you are. 
especially in terms of television watchers, because what's going on on network TV, network TV still works in the way that it did in the nineties in terms of someone sits down on their couch. Think of, think of our parents, right? TV gets left on and whatever's on the TV, the first thing you're going to get a chance to watch is whatever just comes on after the show you were just watching. You're not really flicking around. You're not really playing on the guide. You're not really going to on demand. So if you, if you notice what's going on in network TV, right? You have a night that's all the Chicago shows, right? There's a night that's just Chicago Med, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, right? Law I and Order. Even know that. <laughs> oh yeah, I I'm sorry, I'm a TV nerd, so I I don't watch any of these shows, but I'm constantly paying attention to what's going on in the industry, right? Yeah. There's another night they brought back Law and Order. Law and Order, the regular Law and Order has been gone for a while. They brought it back so that there's a Law and Order night where they have three different versions of law and order, whether it's a regular one, SVU, and then like, uh, I think it's like crime or like uh, uh, like gang unit or something, or I don't know, organized crime units, whatever it is, right? The point is network TV is building on this factor. It's not aiming at us, right? Because we watch Netflix, we watch streaming services. We're just going to watch Stranger Things, right? And bounce around to whatever show we want to watch whenever we want to watch it. Network TV is built in on a different way where if you're watching Magnum PI, we're going to hope that you're going to stay and watch Blue Bloods after, especially CBS, which is just running the same hits. They're just playing the hits, right? So that's the, it's, it just works in a different way than what we consume. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I just, I do wonder about burnout. Like it doesn't, I still... I know I harp on this often, but I really think that the MTV original system of having like season of the real world, then a season of the challenge and have like the real world reunion overlap that one week with the first episode of the challenge. I think that was the best way to do it. And like, if I were a CBS executive, I'd be like, okay, big brother finale, have the first episode of the challenge USA after the finale yeah you're like hey you're gonna miss Big brother well guess what now you can watch like some of your favorites go up against survivor and amazing race and like that's how i would have done it but you know yeah i don't i can't believe i'm saying this but i think that i agree with the cbs people like i honestly think that the way that they plotted this out and as i watched this show they did a pretty good job in plotting this out because again it's not for us we were going to watch yeah. because we're fans of the challenge. This is about getting the people who are sitting on their couches and already watching a night of Chicago, whatever shows, right? How do I keep you on CBS the longest? So if you've already sat here to watch Big Brother, maybe you're going to watch old Big Brother people on this other show as well with the other shows I watch on CBS, right? Like that's kind of their whole steez here. Mm -hmm. It's Thanks. interesting. Um. I want to talk about the algorithm, which I am still very suspicious of how random <laughs> it is. Okay. But, so I wrote down all the pairings. The ones that I think are worth pointing out, Derek and Shan have an interesting dynamic. Okay. Dominic and Cache, he points out that he's been paired with Love Island girls every week. And, like, you already touched on this. He's probably the least impressive guy 
on this season. Well, I mean, he did nothing in this episode to show us otherwise. So no, I can't like, argue with he's, that. So like they have, my point is they have every right to complain. Oh, we keep getting paired with Dominic. Right. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Tyson and Alyssa were paired because again, I don't think that these selections are random. And just that in general, I have to say, basically everyone on the show is so hot. <laughs> like this is, is this like the most attractive cast we've ever seen? Well, if you think about it, right? Like you're taking people from a bunch of different shows. So it's not just like, it's almost like you're taking the best of the best from each show. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you're, you're playing in a pool. I was going to say something like very inappropriate about certain places in in Canada versus other places in Canada. And then I decided it's probably not a good idea. So <laughs> you get the point of what I'm trying to make, right? Like you're swimming in a pool that you're going to stumble upon beautiful people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I just think like, that's a big part of, uh, I just think that's a big part of it, of how we ended up in this position here when you look at uh, the cast. Um, I also just think that when you add in a show like Love Island, which is just a blatant dating show, like that's by default. Um, But like the challenge had Are You The One. True. Like to mix in. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if this, is this cast more beautiful than like some of the challenge show, like seasons? I think so. Really? Okay. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. The regular, like the sort of people that you often see on the challenge mm-hmm. are attractive, like yep. across the board. Yeah. But I got to say, okay. like in my, in my humble opinion, to each their own, the least, the two least attractive people on this season, of the challenge are Tyson and Dominic. <laughs> okay. And like, I can see how Tyson would do it for some people. Like he's very fit. Okay. He just like his face is too weathered. And like when it comes to Dominic, I'm not into the dad bod. And like I know that appeals to some people. It's just not for me. That's all I'm saying. This is all subjective. But like on the challenge, there yeah. are more people who I'm like, nah, that's not for me. Like I'm sorry, I find Josh very unattractive. <laughs> And like that might be his personality, but like okay. doesn't do it for me. Okay. I mean, I okay. <laughs> I got I got nothing. I, I got nothing. I just think that uh you're dealing with reality TV in 2022, which a lot of this is based on Instagram culture. And yeah. I think like Instagram culture is gonna lead you towards more uh done up people, if that makes sense. I also think it just like minor cosmetic surgery is more accessible and cheaper than ever before. Like it mm-hmm. is so easy now to straighten your teeth or to yeah. whiten your teeth. It's so easy uh, if you're a man to like replace your thinning hair or it's easier than ever before. Like there's, it's so much easier now to find a gym and to get in shape. And there's like, it's not just like cultural, but just like, technology wise i think it's easier to be attractive than ever before the fact that people wear sunscreen now like people used to not wear sunscreen and would age terribly you know (laughs) so Uh, 
Okay. Okay. I I wear SPF 55 or 60 most of the time. That didn't exist when we were teenagers, Sheldon. Like that was not an option. And it's not like I've become more fair skinned as I grow older. It's just that like, as more options have been like, I remember when that SPF 30 dropped and it was big news for people with my complexion. Like that was exciting. And now we're up to SPF 60. I'm excited to get SPF 100 one day. Like that's big for me. I'm so. really interested in hearing the comments about this episode of the pod because we're like well into this and I don't even know how far we've go- We haven't even gotten to like the daily challenge yet. We, you can really <laughs> tell we're recording this at night versus during the morning. It's like, true. T- entirely different energy. This yeah. is this is definitely nighttime. This is after hours. You killed it. And the funny thing is, I actually had a coffee to like kind of yeah, wake me up a that. little. I'm like, what are you doing, Shelly? Yeah, I had a coffee to like wake me up a little. And before that, I was like, do I make do I have a glass of wine instead? I was like, oh, mm, nah. if you did that, I mean, I feel like I've been drunk on this podcast more often than you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that you thought I, about it. Just because I don't trust myself. Not that oh. like I'd be hammered because obviously I wouldn't do that. But it's more so like I'd have one and then want to get another one in the middle of the pot. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I think also of the two of us, I'm more likely to give fewer fucks about what I say. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I stop myself about you're more cautious than I am, which is probably for the best. (laughs) For sure. I do want to talk about the amazing race people, though. Yeah. Uh, So they have a group conversation where they're sort of congratulating and bigging themselves up. James looking like a norm normcore Super Mario with his red shirt and like overalls, and like, hey. Nothing wrong with overalls, nothing wrong with red shirts. I'm just saying you can't wear them together without looking like Super Mario. It was definitely a look, right? He was definitely going for that vibe, right? Like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. What did you think of this conversation? I'm intrigued. I mean, we've already touched on the Amazing Race people and their strategy, but what did you think of their conversation here? (laughs) I just think they lack a game plan. Yeah. And I feel like they're, you know, they keep, you know, focusing in on the fact that there's only two, there's only three of them. And, you know, you almost lost the elimination and you almost left me. And it's like, okay, cool. But like, pick a side because you're floating right now. And all you're doing as floaters is making yourselves a target. Yeah. I mean, it's not just that. Like, I agree with everything you said, but they were so unsubtle about this conversation they were standing off to the corner again james looked like he just hopped off of the nes (laughs) and like they people already know like at this point everyone knows that the lines are basically along the shows right and to have the three amazing race people off in a corner so obviously talking game, I don't think that's a good look. Like, I think you got to be more subtle. Like, I think you got to have conversations 
I think something we've seen from the challenge, like regular OG challenge, yeah, is yeah. that the actual best time to have these strategy conversations is first thing in the morning when people are typically still asleep. Like be an early riser, have a coffee, go for a morning dip. And when you are swimming, if your Alliance member is lying poolside and you have like a quiet conversation while people are doing their uh, confessionals, when they're still sleeping in, when they're showering, brushing their teeth, like that's the ideal time just because so you know people are accounted for and away from where you are. That room was full. Like they're in like the big common area. I'm just like, guys, this is not, this is not the way to go about it. And I guess like an amazing race, you don't really have to politic like this. Yeah. So like maybe it's not their strength, but I, I was not impressed by the existence of the conversation at all, especially because it wasn't really for strategy, but just like some toxic positivity hype up. Well, I think the point you made is perfect in terms of, they're not used to this side of the game, right? Like there's no politicking that goes on on the amazing race really, right? Like not as not nearly as much as would go on on this show, but then also the same thing I can say about cash. Who's still talking about Cinco. And the one time I'm going to say I was actually with Dom here because Dom's like, I don't care about your relationship with Cinco, right? Yeah. Like where you're trying to win money. Why are you still talking about Cinco and like, do you still love them? Or what's your relationship status like at this point? Like, I understand that they're definitely showing us this angle because what else are they going to talk about? And but something's going like, to happen. Like more is coming. For sure. But like, I, I feel like if I was cash, I mean, maybe this is her way just to be on TV more, right? To like make this my storyline. So they're going to talk about me. I'm going to be in the episode because clearly there are other people that they're not mentioning at all, right? Because maybe they're not, they don't have anything interesting to talk about. And again, I do like to say that there are people clearly that come on these shows that are just doing it for the grant. And maybe that's where cash comes in. And this is her 3D chess way of being talked about and being on the show. Mm-hmm. But for me, watching the show, I have zero interest in that. Yeah. This show, zero interest. And I wonder what other people think when they're watching it. Even if you did watch Love Island, because I know I watched that season of Love Island and I was tired of her talking about <laughs> Cinco then. And three episodes into this, I'm still like, there's part of me that's like, I kind of hope you guys lose so that I don't have to hear about you and Cinco anymore. I think it would be different if, as someone who has never watched Love Island, if there was um, more emotional Mm buy-in. Like we've seen couples where there's more emotional investment on the challenge, like the easy example that everyone can point to is like CT and DM where virtually every viewer was rooting for them. They had big ups and downs, but it was more genuine. Like this is just sad to me. Mm -hmm. Like we've all known someone that hung on to a relationship that was long dead. And this relationship is clearly dead. Yeah. So like, it's just painful to see her be like, oh, you know, I'm not sure that our final chapter is written. Like, yes, it is. Yeah. Like, you're past the acknowledgements page, cachet. Like, <laughs> time so, to move on. Don't be on shows with your ex. 
<laughs> well, there there are people who don't know the game that they're on, and then there are people who do. And that's Tyson and Angela. And they clearly are discussing their strategy where they want to target the weakest people. And the reason they want to target the weakest people is because obviously the way that the game goes early on is that you are randomly selected your partner each and every week. And you don't want to be partnered with a weak person. So it actually makes sense, right? Like their theory makes sense that, hey, when we get an opportunity to get weak people off, we get weak people out, but also we avoid getting partnered with said weak people. So I actually think that's a good um, strategy, but what do you think? I see you shaking your head. I think it's the wrong strategy. And I'll tell you for two reasons. Mm -hmm. First of all, you don't want to run the final against strong people. And I know Tyson and Angela have a lot of confidence in themselves. Yep. Uh, and their ability to do well in a final. They think they're the big dogs, the top dogs. They, they think they're the top dogs. But you know what? We have seen incredible athletes falter in the final challenge. Mm -hmm. And also, they're not betting on eating gross food, which will be True. a part of the final challenge. The other thing I would add is the real strategy that I would go with were I on this show is what you do is you wait until a weak person is partnered with a strong person and then you put them in because you hope that the weak person will drag down the strong person. But that's, that's what you do. That's the move. But that's also part of their strategy, right? Like I don't want to be partnered with the weak person because then I'm vulnerable because I won't win the daily challenge. And then I could get voted into the elimination with a weak partner. So let's get the weak people out. No, but that's not what they're saying. And I don't think that's going to be the case. Like, I think they are, I think it's, I think you want to keep weak people around as best you can. Uh, no, I, I, I actually agree with Tyson and Angela here. I just think that like, Let's say next week, right away, Tyson gets partnered with Cache, right? And then they don't win the daily challenge. Because I even thought about it this week. I thought about it, okay, and we'll get there, but Tyson doesn't win. I was mm. thinking, do you throw him in just because you're taking a sh you're shooting your shot when you can? If it wasn't Angela, I mean, again, we're going to get to it. Angela won. If Angela hadn't won, I'd be curious to know if someone took a shot at Tyson, which I think is exactly the right move. Just as someone to take a run at Angela. But, but I don't know. Is Alyssa that weak? I don't know. I think I there's know. weaker players than Alyssa. Definitely. But you get rid of those people. Yeah, but like later we're going to see they target what they see as a doubly weak partnership. Like I would have kept, we can get into this later, but like I would have kept Dominic and uh, Cache around. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, there's two ways to look at it, right? Because one, they've already won. So they already kind of qualified. They've qualified yeah, for they qualified. the final. But at the same time now, you could lay low and just say, okay, well, I'm going to lay low. I'm partnered with Cash or I get partnered with Dom and my team sucks this week. Either you could come in last and you're automatically in the, in the elimination or you get voted in. Mm -hmm. and you don't want either of those things to happen and you open yourself up to that by having a weak partner 
So if you can control getting weak partners out and Hey, I get partnered with Kylan instead. Cool. We do have to talk about one other thing about this conversation between Tyson and Angela. And that is, they think they're slick, but they're not that slick. Just I as don't I, think, I don't think they do think they're being slick. I think they give zero fucks. I think they think we don't even care. We're just that good that like people can know what we're doing, but you can't stop us. I think that's a mistake. I mean, I don't agree. I agree with you. I think it is a mistake. I'm I, just telling I mean, you the vibes I'm getting from them. Yeah, they no, think they're for the sure. shit. They do think they're the shit. And like, it's clear. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm a, on board the, with Shan yet. I'm not singing the national shantham just yet. Mm-hmm. But like, it's clear that she's going to shoot her shot. Like if she, if Shan is ever in a position to put in either Tyson or Angela, they're going in. Yeah, and yeah. I like her for that. And I like her straight up being like, they're, her exact words were, they think they're stealth, but they're not stealth. She is right. So the daily competition mm-hmm. is hang on man, which in TJ's words is the challenge version of Hangman. So each team has to build a staircase one person, once the staircase is built, one person bounces a rod on their back uh, with ropes on it, uh, and they're like out on a beam while their partner runs back and forth trying to solve the puzzle. Every time they're wrong about a letter, they have to bring a 10-pound weight back and hook it to one of their partner's ropes to like basically make it harder to balance. Yeah. Uh, I liked that they were at like a creepy amusement park, like shout out <laughs> to creepy music amusement parks. I also really liked the child's drawing of the CN tower that was behind this whole setup. Yeah. I don't know. It's like half-assed tower that looked like they stopped building it in 1968 and then they just gave up on it. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there. This was just a very weird challenge, but to me, I, I looked at this and this is another example where I'm watching this show and I'm re- and I'm going to make my point again that I've been saying from the beginning. A bunch of these people aren't used to the challenge competitions. Like this competition was something that could have been on like All Stars, right? Like yeah. the dumbed down version of the challenge. And yet I felt like a lot of people kind of struggled with this. Um, but I do like the twist where... Uh, Cause basically if you guessed wrong, you have to put more weight on, right? Like if you guessed a letter wrong, you have to put more weight on. I like that twist. I thought that made a lot of sense. It was really cool. Um, but clearly I'm saying this, but for all the people that might think that I'm a hater or that I'm a Tyson hater, Tyson agrees with me in his confessional. He says that he feels very confident in this challenge because especially when people in the house are like, well, one time I biked 12 miles and he's like, guess what? That's not even a warm up." And they kind of chuckle. And then his partner, Alyssa is like, uh, that was actually me that said that. <laughs> and <laughs> so one Tyson is a jerk because like, you didn't even realize that you're dissing your own partner, but two, that just shows the level of bleeps given because he doesn't even care he doesn't look at anyone as a challenge to him at all and you know the fact that he didn't even like he's not even taking 
you know, a, a good enough look at who else is in the house, who are the threats, who are anything. He just thinks that he can dominate anyone so much so that he's blinded to the fact that he just tried to make a huge joke, but he was making fun of his own partner. And if he yeah. can't keep track with all of the people that are in the house, how am I? How am I supposed to do that? Well, he also then like turns around and says like to her face, like, Alyssa, that's just a warm up. <laughs> yeah, true. Which, yeah, was rough. I, I will say, I want to point out some people because, I mean, again, there's so many people competing at this point of the season. The ones that really stuck out to me were obviously Dominic and Cachet, not a good partnership, not getting <laughs> Well, the, the one thing I didn't get was Dom sprints out and Cash is like, whoa, where's, oh no, sorry, Cash sprints out and Dom is getting mad that she's like sprinting right away. He's like, where is she going? This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. When, first off, wait, is it a marathon? It didn't really seem like a marathon to me because you could rest when you're putting together the puzzle, but okay, yeah. cool. Then it cuts to Cash saying, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Which was a great edit because there's no way that's real, but that was a great edit. That was a great edit. I really, that really made me laugh. Um, I also got to point out, it was Ben and Kira were cooking. They were doing really well. I was really impressed with Ben, who Cowboy had aside, has not distinguished himself, uh, at least to me this season. But he was really bringing it. He and Kira were like, definitely on the same wavelength they were really competitive obviously angela and uh kylan were really uh competitive uh tyson and Alyssa were actually kind of hanging in there and doing well um i i noticed that enzo did pretty well which uh kind of surprised me like he doesn't blow me away most of the time but like he's been pretty quiet he's been pretty quiet but that's also Frankly, that's smart for an older guy mm-hmm. to just like lay low and like there's a, a scene later on where like people are just talking at him and he's just nodding his head, which is probably the best way to be. Yeah. Um, but the, the one thing I want to say, though, is that I have a question for you. Sure. Like they talked about go fast to start or do you take it as if it's a marathon? But is there a strategy in terms of Okay, once they got to the puzzle part, who should you have put up to balance? Should it have been the stronger person or should it have been the lighter person? Or are you just going off of who's smarter and more likely to solve the puzzle the fastest? I think it's who's faster and smarter. Okay. Because like, I mean, what you really need to do is you have to have a really solid core Mm-hmm. and good balance yeah that's the key for the person who's on the beam like the weights that they were putting on their partners were i don't want to say just 10 pounds mm-hmm. but like what is really tough and, and we actually see it because tasha and james get eliminated for it what's really hard is your partner puts 10 pounds on your weight and you have to hold up one side more than the other so you're gonna yeah. have to like tilt and that's going to engage your core. And like, while you maintain your balance, that's going to be miserable. Definitely. So like, not necessarily strength, but core, I think is what's most important. And um, it looked like Kylan and Angela had kind of the best of both worlds there. Yeah. 
they had a good mix. I also have to point out, again, maybe people will call us haters. Tyson didn't so do so great at this. Like he was good at the running part. He actually had to put weights on two weights on Alyssa's shoulders because mm-hmm. he was, because th- I mean, that means he had two mistakes. I also have to say, they, I mean, I know they're tired and I will forgive them this, but a few of them missed out on the obvious strategy. Like as they started to solve their puzzles, some of the words were really obvious and they weren't looking for the obvious missing letters. Like I forget who it was, but one of them had, it was clear that I was going to say Argentina, mm-hmm. but they didn't run for like an R or a G right? Like go for the guaranteed letters and hope that it shows up elsewhere. Again. Yeah. It's uh, a wordle strategy, right? <laughs> damn right. Gotta do it every morning. Uh, but this was, I, this was really interesting to me because, okay, let's say Tyson and Angela are right. And they are the most competitive They are the strongest players. This was finally the competition where it's like, Oh, maybe they have some competition. Like we saw something from Ben, we saw something from Kira, we saw something from Kyland, uh, we saw something from Sarah and I'm blanking on who Sarah was partnered uh, with. No, but I was gonna say also, um, what's her name? Kayla. Yeah. The cop, she seems pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting to finally see like Tyson be not so dominant and see some other people maybe be a little more competitive and also Mm -hmm. like it's going to make the show more interesting if like Tyson and Angela have some competition like that it makes it better we know that there's like I'd be stunned if they end up going through this whole thing and winning because that never happens And, and I mean maybe that would be the biggest shocker of the world and I'm just too used to the challenge but I feel like even Big Brother that happens a lot where people dominate early and then the rest of the house obviously is like oh no we got to get these people out so I don't know. But the one thing I will say, and Tasha and James lose, as you mentioned, right? And again, I don't want, I don't watch Survivor. I haven't watched this in season two. But to hear Tasha say, I'm used to winning on Survivor all the time, and I can't seem to figure out how to translate that and do well on the challenge. There's a lot of people in my mentions and in our mentions talking about getting on us because I said that uh, Big Brother, you know, they were backyard games as opposed to what goes on on the challenge and saying that I was hating on Survivor. And all I have to say is, is this your queen? Like if she (laughs) does really, really well on Survivor and you can't run back and forth a couple of times and then balance on a beam while holding 10 pounds, like as soon as a 10 pound weight came, the thing automatically went to the ground. I'm like, really? You can't figure out how to, and, and again, I'm not saying this from a viewpoint of, oh, I do way better than this person. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is I started from the premise of, I want to see how all these people who play backyard games do on the real challenge and how they would do in real challenge competitions. And so far, it's not that good unless your name's Tyson. I'll also say, I hear what you're saying that you're not like big upping yourself here. No, but I actually think you and I would do well at this. 
Well, hold on, hold on. Just to just to like end on that point though, how would she do against like Laurel or Tori or Cara? Or Cara right? Like that's where I'm looking at this, and I'm like, and again, I know this is unfair, and there's people listening that don't watch the normal challenge, or the people who do watch the normal challenge. And I know I got to get off this thing in in terms of comparing the shows, but how could I not? How could I not? I, you know, I, you actually that hadn't occurred to me, and you make a good point. This would this competition would have looked very different with the usual challenge cast members, because like you mentioned, Laurel, Cara, Tori. Tori. Casey, mm-hmm. Casey, right? yeah, um, definitely. I am blanking on her name. The woman, from Jenny, Jenny, the woman from Big Brother who won because she was paired with CT. Oh, uh, Amber. Yeah, Amber. Right, like, and then like on the men's side, like obviously Jordan, Wes, CT, Bananas, Kyle, Kyle. Yeah. E- even like Zach, mm-hmm. like Paul, uh, Polly would have just dominated this. Like it, it would have been a whole different game. And I feel like someone would have shot their shot sooner in terms of guessing what the oh yeah the puzzle was. I gotta right? say there were there were some that I was guessing like candles from Canada. Yeah. I uh, mean, what it, it, what's the name of this episode? Is it candles from Canada or flutes from Finland? I think we have to do candles for Canada. Okay. Just just because, you know, true. Fair enough. Just, just just checking. Just checking. Just through being true to ourselves. So the big things are, as you mentioned, James and Tasha are the first to be eliminated. Even though apparently she dominates Survivor. Can't balance. No. Um, as we mentioned, Angela and Kylan win. And then Tyson and Angela immediately consult with each other or i should say back at the house they have a conversation about it mm-hmm. their top picks early on are david and shannon to go in or dominic and cache they meet with james and tasha and james asks for his fellow amazing race competitor leo and leo because leo is paired with justine yeah and he says his logic is, well, she has a lot of money and I, I, I want her money. First of all, James already has more money than most people mm-hmm. because he's already won an elimination. I just, I don't quite follow the logic. It doesn't matter money. What matters is part in the pun, but survival, like yeah. pick an easy team and also it's that easy to flip on your one of your two alliance mates. But this is why he thought it's doing too much, right? He tried to 3D chess the game. He's thinking that he's doing Angela and Kylan a favor by not wanting to put in uh, Dom, who is a survivor. Dom's from Survivor? Yeah. Yeah. Dom's from Survivor. So he's thinking he's not because the two biggest contingents it's big brother and survivor so he's thinking well they're kind of running the numbers so i'm not going to go at them i'm going to help you guys out and say hey we're going to get rid of the smaller numbers even though it's my friend and i think i can beat them that's what i think he was doing because he's thinking well the least amount of people will be mad at me because there's only one other person who's from uh his group right 
the the amazing racers and if cash who is a part of love island and they're already kind of attaching themselves to another one of the big groups he's thinking that okay well the least damage will be done if i take out my guy leo and us and a love island person instead of a survivor and love island person that's what i think that he was doing but it's like thinking that he's making a deal with angela and therefore tyson when really they don't care, right? They think you guys all suck. So they don't really care who's going in, right? They don't care about the numbers that you provide or don't provide. They're looking at y'all like food anyway. So it didn't really matter who was going in. But the mistake that he made was you turned on your only ally. You didn't do a good enough job in associating yourself with another faction of the house. And then you turned on the only numbers that you had and you didn't have to do that. Not no only sense. that, doing but too then much. He tells Leo. He basically is like, "Yeah, I asked for you." So even if he had won, right? Like, yeah. let's say things play out. So Dominic and Cache go in against mm-hmm. James and Tasha. Let's say James and Tasha win. Okay. He's going back into a house where one of his two alliance members is like, "You just try to throw me under the bus, like yeah. fuck you." what the hell like and on top of all that do you know what i mean on top of all that the my biggest issue with him telling leo was the way that he went about it yeah right because it's a strange move but if you did it and you went in and you're telling them hey i know this might seem odd but my back's really against the wall we don't really have the numbers and i gotta like you know my back's against the wall and i kind of gotta look out for me in this instance. And I think that you're my best chance to win and continue this game. Like, even if you think that's true or not, that's how you have to spin it. And you have to take a side. Instead, he came with some like, well, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna, he half stepped in telling him why he picked Leo. And that just made no sense to where Leo was like, wait a second. So you want to go against me? Yeah. Right. Instead of just coming to him and being like, Hey, I'm in real trouble here. I think there's a real possibility. I might go in against you. He basically let Leo figure it out for himself that he was asked for, which is even to your point, even shittier, like what a, an epic misplay. Speaking of play, plug and play is the elimination. Mm -hmm. So what they have to do is one partner gets into a tank of water And in that tank of water, there are chains that are holding down, floating. They're pieces of foam, but they're made to look like rocks. Yep. And the person that is in the tank, they're responsible for undoing the chains and passing the rocks up to their partner who has to throw them off the platform. Once they're all thrown off the platform, the person not in the tank runs down and has to like stack the tower and build the tower. The big wrinkle is that when the competition begins, TJ opens up uh, a valve, so both tanks are leaking. And if your water gets below a certain point, you're automatically disqualified, you're automatically eliminated. So there's a pipe that the person in the tank can cover up, yeah. but it sort of limits their ability to move because they're stuck to the center of the tank. Mm-hmm. Who did you think was gonna win? You know what, I honestly had no idea and this is going to sound weird. I honestly didn't really care. Like, 
it was very strange because both of these teams I thought had people that were doing too much. They weren't really likable people that I want to spend more time with and hang out. And I know I already talked a lot about cash, but towards the end of this, I actually agreed with cache more because what was going on with her, like we've just saw the terrible gameplay that James made. Right. So like, dude, you're doing way too much. You've already been in eliminations. Your time is coming to an end. It's only a matter of time, right? So yeah. cool, whatever. But Cash tried to tell Dom before the elimination, hey, man, like, you got to chill out in telling people that you're ready to go into the elimination. Like, why would you do that? Like, you're right now, there's so many people, and there's other teams that they could pick, and you're kind of just giving them a reason, saying that you're already giving up and you want to go in. And he just completely like dismisses her and completely treats her as if like, that was the dumbest thing ever. And how dare you, <laughs> you know, how dare you even try to, to tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing? Like, who are you? And again, I come back to wait, Dom, who are you, bro? <laughs> right? Like I get that cash has been doing some, doing some foolishness with the romance stuff, but she's actually right in this situation. And I just think the way that he dealt with her gave me some bad, like mansplaining vibes of like, oh yeah, you're so smart. Yeah. And then he talked about the construction crew that he runs or what is, was it that? Did I get that yeah. right? I was yeah, just like, okay, that. what does that have to do with anything? But okay, cool. You run a construction crew, more power to you, my dude. Like, I don't understand how that translates to being on the challenge and going into this elimination, but she's supposed to just listen to you because you run a construction crew. When you really are doing the most, you're going around telling people you're ready to go in. And he's like, yeah. And even if that is the case, why would you want to go in now with whom you deem as a weak partner? None of that makes sense, right? So then, right as before they're about to do the elimination, she's saying, oh, well, I think maybe I can go in the water. And he's just like, nah. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, oh, I don't, I really don't like this dude. I kind of really hope you guys lose as well. Can you guys both lose? Is that an option? I'll say this. James definitely made the wrong play. And like, but I like him better as a person. Okay. And I've got nothing against Tasha. No, nothing. I got nothing against Cache. Like, I don't love the Cinco storyline, but like, I don't think she's like a bad person. Agreed. I don't like Dominic. I thought he was a dick to cash it. And although I agreed with him when he was like, I don't care about your relationship issues. He was unnecessarily disrespectful to her. Agreed. He was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought Cachet handled herself well when she said, when he was like, no, we're not doing it that way. We're doing it this way. And she's like, looks to camera. She's like, all right, it's on the record. Those of you watching at home <laughs> just want you to remember this moment and yeah. like get on them if this doesn't work out. And I just, I mean, I also like, I should have brought this up earlier. Earlier, like he was complaining about how he keeps getting partnered with the, in his words, the Love Island girls. Yes, they're younger than him, but they're women. Like, don't belittle them by calling them girls and pretend like they're children. They're not. Sure, they're all in their 20s and like, you know, 20-ish years younger than him. But like, come with some respect, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you can tell 
that as they've been partnered together, they, first of all, they don't like each other, but also the dislike is because he keeps disrespecting her in different ways. And just like the way, like she was right. You shouldn't be putting it out there that you're ready to go into elimination. That's just inviting trouble. That's the mistake Shannon made the first episode and he should have learned from that. Mm -hmm. And also like they showed clips of him talking to people. And as far as I can tell, people weren't even asking him. Like he was just (laughs) volunteering. Like they show him speaking to Enzo. And I alluded to this earlier, Enzo's just nodding along. Like we don't see Enzo being like, hey, like if you go into elimination, like, are you ready for that? He's like, yeah, I'm ready to go into elimination. looks like Enzo's just sitting there minding his business. And Dominic sits down beside him and is like, well, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, there's even one point where he's just like laying on a beach chair and like announces it to people that are around him. And like, you can't, you can't do that. Like you're yeah. going in if you do that. Definitely a weird flex. Yeah. Um, the competition itself, speaking of weird flexes, James played much better in the tank than Dominic did. James is like plugging the pipe as often as he can he admits that early on he sits on it which was a mistake i'm not going to ask any further questions but like i appreciate his candor Mm -hmm. but like james has the idea and it's a good idea whenever he pops up to like pass the rocks up to tasha he stands on the pipe yeah so every time he's not undoing the chains he's standing on the pipe so he's slowing it down not all the time but he's slowing it down often with his foot. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's be honest here though, right? Like the only reason cash and Dom win is because of cash cash, taking a leap and trying to stack four things at the same time, just before the water level got below the line because Dom is there the whole time, not plugging the hole. He's just there watching. And I didn't understand if he couldn't hear people yelling and telling him, like to plug the hole or like did cash not notice at some point? Like, was she not paying attention to see how much time she had? Did both of them not pay attention to understand the rules of the game? Like another thing about the challenge, which I don't know how these other games work fully, but I feel like in big brother, there are times where the other teams watching are able to help the contestants. Right. And there's other times where you're not. But one of the things in the elimination all the time in the challenge is we see a lot the people watching helping the people involved in the elimination. And I didn't get why no one was yelling, or maybe they were and Dom couldn't hear. I don't know. I but it was think, just a weird, 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 weird. And his I only think, excuse was, what did he say at the end? Oh, I had a brain fart. Come I on, think man. people weren't cheering for them. Oh, like I think that's why they weren't getting any help. I think James and Tasha are much more popular than certainly than Dominic. I don't think Dominic's particularly made friends. Honestly, it was so close that I thought that when they blew the horn, Mm -hmm. it was because the water had gotten too low. Like that's how close it was. I mean, that would have been a great ending because that just would have been incredible. Yeah. I, Also, I have to ask you, what do you think the strategy is? Like, what would you do if you were in the tank? Well, exactly what Dom did, except just plug the hole. (laughs) 
Like he did everything right. He was just there for the longest time watching cash and not plugging the hole, which made no sense. You know what I would have done? And maybe it's against the rules because like my understanding is oftentimes there's like more intricate rules that they don't explain to Mm -hmm. the viewer. I know what you're going to say. I would have undone one of the chains, like the very first one I did. And then I would have put that flotation against the pipe and see if that blocks the pipe. And then just do all the rest. Uh-huh. And just like that way you're but just you would like, have to sit on it or something to weigh it down, right? Uh, I was, I'm curious if the suction was enough to hold it in place. Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. I, or like worst case scenario, like sit on stand it. Stand on it. Yeah. Stand yeah. on it. Sit on it. Whatever. Yeah. For sure. Super interesting. Super interesting either way. Um, we didn't really say it. What was your line of the episode? I have My, to say this is not a very quotable cast, as attractive as they are. Yeah, I mean, I know on our normal seasons, we always have a line of the episode and who killed it. And sometimes we'll have the LVP or the doing too much award. I know that's a thing sometimes. Um, this one, my line of the episode came right at the very end, actually. And it's Kylan who says, Dom and Cash are back in the house. I can't say that I'm too concerned. They're a weak team. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that wasn't a funny line. I don't think he was trying to make a joke, but it was just kind of like super facts. (laughs) That's all I got. I I do think for me, the line of the episode, like the one that made me like react the hardest was the smash cut to cache being like, I had to go to the washroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. That made me laugh a lot. No, that was uh, pretty good. This is a tough one, Sheldon. But who killed it for you this week? For me, it was cash. Because even if I remove the blemish of her, um, you know, talking about Cinco while she's lying in bed, clearly they put that in as filler to con- maintain her storyline with Cinco because we're really not seeing them interact at all or seeing much of that dynamic. So if I remove that, I thought how she handled herself in the house was pretty good. Like she was looking out for her partner, trying to give her partner a heads up, like, Hey, everyone's going around saying basically that we should be going in because you're saying to them that you're ready to go in. I don't really think that's a good idea. I don't think you should do that. And she was right. Um, Also, I thought she did a pretty good job. Like they worked together well. Remember, Dom was saying she was out the gates running super hard at the beginning. It's like, yeah, because that's what you're supposed to do, right? So she did her job when, in theory, Dom thought, oh, no, again, I'm stuck with these Love Island girls. But really, she did the best job in the daily challenge for them, right? Then add in the fact that his in-house gameplay was just terrible. But also, I want to give her credit for massaging her relationship with him because she could have matched his negative energy with more negative energy. And instead, even when they're about to do the elimination and he's like, nah, you're not going in the water. She's just like, okay. And she could have argued with them. She could have made it a fight. She could have just like dissed him and gave the same negative energy that he's been giving her. But she didn't do that. Instead, she literally went out and won the elimination. And if it wasn't for her, they lose because it was already that close and it was only close because it was his fault. Yeah. So, Hey, cache, you killed it for me. You're this episode's MVP. I want to point one other thing about cache. Cause I agree with everything you just said about her, but there's one other thing I got to point out. She doesn't have to partner with him again. 
Like she's through it. She's moving on. Mm -hmm. I guess in theory, if she sticks around long enough, they might get paired up again. If he sticks around that long as well, but she, she isn't going to be partnered with him for weeks and weeks and weeks. And like good on her. Like you said, she didn't match his negative energy. I think my LVP is Dominic. We haven't had an LVP for a while. But first of all, he is totally misreading the situation. He's leaning too heavily on being a survivor person. And like they all were saying, oh, I'm survivor strong, I'm survivor strong. Buddy, they want you out. And like he, like we know like Shan has clocked this. We know other, and like Derek has clocked it. And like uh, James has noticed this. Tyson and Angela are working together and Angela just put you in my guy being survivor strong is not getting you anywhere. It is doing you no favors and you're being a jerk to the air quotes, love Island girls. So like, and like, it's not like you're bringing anything to the table and like, we can contrast him with Enzo Mm -hmm. who like, they're about the same age, right? They're about the same fitness level, I'd say, and probably about the same intelligence level, right? Yeah. They're playing things very differently, though. Enzo's not rubbing anyone the wrong way, right? Well, like right. we said it earlier, Enzo's minding his own business, going to bed early, just listening to people, just hanging out. He's not the best competitor, but he's keeping a low profile, which has to be the strategy at this point. And Dominic's not, he's being a jerk. And I know he just won and, you know, technically he can go into the final and, you know, I'm sure he's going to be really proud of himself. He almost lost it for them. And he's for sure going to go back in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. There is, it is plausible that cash never goes back into elimination. That could happen. Dominic is 100% going back in. Yeah, he, he didn't really do himself a lot of favors. You know what's going to happen with Dominic? There's going to be a week where one of the stronger, more uh, better socially connected men is going to go in. Like they're going to get like place last in the daily or whatever, like a Tyson or a Kyland or, or a, a Xavier, like someone's, someone's going to wind up like that. And they're going to use their political connects to get Dominic in against them. And then he's going to be gone. That's, that's how it's going to play out. Okay. Mark my okay. words. Uh, where can the good people find you, Shelly? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Same thing goes for the YouTube page where you can find the videos each and every week for this, the you killed it podcast. Yeah, we got videos, we got everything going and, you know, huge shouts to the people that have been back on with us and enjoying week in and week out our takes continue to send us your comments because that's why we do the pod. Like, as someone messaged me like, you guys, your takes are not good, or I got to read this guy's comment because it actually made me laugh. Hold on, I got to find it. Um, it says, I like y'all's dynamic on this pod, but I swear you have some of the worst challenge takes ever. <laughs> With such a long break, I forgot how loud wrong y'all, 
how loud and wrong y'all can be. <laughs> I have I'm to like, say, that's hilarious. Like, no, that's that. Listen, I'm not. I don't think we come on here trying to say that, like, yo, we're right and we know everything. It's about the conversation. And hey, we appreciate you listening and disagreeing. I want to hear how you disagree, especially on a season like this where we're talking about people we don't even know. So I appreciate that. He also said, um, and I shouldn't say he, because I don't know if it's a, because it's just the account says speaking the truth. 96 says, uh, we say buoy in the U S too, John, where did you learn that with a bunch of laughing emojis? Listen, Hey, the more the merrier. I want to hear all the comments each and every week. That's why we do this. This is fun. Like, this isn't like you failed a test. You got it wrong. Like, we're here to talk about the challenge. It's reality TV, bro. It ain't that serious. <laughs> and yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing from people. I enjoy it too. Also, I got to say, like, compared to my job, these mentions are soft. So like, <laughs> I don't mind people criticizing me. In real life, I get a lot worse shit in my mentions. <laughs> people, people disagreeing with how I feel about the amazing race is the least of my worries. <laughs> Speaking like of which, you can get me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. I welcome any comments that you might have. Um, I honestly, I think that we have a really great community that follows us and mm. listens to the podcast. And I appreciate all our listeners, even when they disagree with us. Um, I also have to say, like, I think of any season, this is a season where people have disagreed with us the most. And it's, I think it's because we're not really into Survivor and to a lesser extent, not into Big Brother, um, which is fine, you know, to each their own. Uh, as Shelly was saying, we appreciate everyone's comments. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.